Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the SoCap Improv Comedy Podcast. My name is Ralph. I am the owner and artistic director of the SoCap Comedy Theater in Toronto. Uh, we're at 154 Danforth Avenue above the Black Swan Tavern on the second and third floor. We do shows, classes, rentals, corporate events, anything you're looking for, we'll do, probably. Anyway, uh, today's uh, sponsor of the SoCap Improv Comedy Podcast is Wexler's Beef. Wexler's Beef, your mouth is in our hands. Oh, it's a great, great place. Uh, <laughs> Wexler's Beef for all your beef needs. You need beef. They've got you covered. Anyway, um, so this podcast is about improv comedy, improvisation, improvisation for the stage, but more in how improv can is, is a benefit to individuals who have no desire to ever get on stage. Like, why would I... Uh, insert name here who has no interest in getting on stage and being a performer why would I take improv and when I say never want to get on stage in my experience most of the people who do wind up on stage never intended it but one of the things that um, if you take improv classes and a stage opportunity is offered to you one of the things that is beneficial to um one of the benefits of that is, you know, it is uh, a, a situation that is fraught with anxiety and fear, probably. Expectation, almost certainly. Um, and it is a tough thing to do. And for that very reason, that's why I would recommend you do it or that one does it. Of course, I, I never I never give advice and I never push people to do something that um, is outside of their comfort zone but pushes up against the edges of their comfort zone in order to expand their comfort zone to now encompass new things that it did not encompass. Now that I'm a fan of because that's through that's growth and getting um, more resilient, anti-fragility. And uh, I did a whole podcast on anti-fragility, uh, which is not resilience. Anti-fragility is a, uh, um, is a concept... Uh, coined by Nassim Nicholas Taleb in his book, Anti-Fragility, which is that the more a system or a person is disturbed or shaken or stressed, the more resilient they become. Uh, like when one goes to the gym and works out lifting weights through resistance training, that in the short term will damage your muscles and break them apart, but your muscles then become bigger and stronger uh, and able to do more things over time. And uh, getting on stage, if you've never done that before, uh, can do that. Um, now at SOCAP, and we put people up on stage for the first time, we take great care to do as much as we can to ensure that that will be a positive experience. And by and large, the feedback I've gotten is that it is. You know, we're, we're definitely not about setting people up to fail. We try to give them as much opportunity to succeed as they can. Uh, but having said that, it is uh, getting on stage is, um, is something that uh, doesn't necessarily end well. Um, not that long ago, I, I had a show where uh, um, I, I was injured. Um, and as the evening wore on, it became 
much more difficult for me to get up <laughs> and host the show. So I actually hosted it from the back of the room just on a mic. And you can tell that that, just doing that really affected the show in a negative way. So it does happen. Um, and then every once in a while, the stars just align, and then you just have this most, you know, the most amazing show. So there is a capricious nature in it. And of course, without that, would it be worthwhile? Like if you always knew it was going to be 100%, you know, it's like it's like playing a game against a, a child. Like if you <laughs> playing chess with a beginner, like if you know you're always going to win, it's not much. There's not much uh, thrill in it for yourself other than maybe the thrill of watching someone learn a game. That's the thrill, not in, not in beating them. So there's always going to be a sense of risk and danger to something to make it worthwhile. Maybe not everything, but a lot of things. Anyway, uh, today what I wanted to talk about is um, conflict. And conflict uh, is a difficult concept to talk about because um, because when we talk about conflict, we have to distinguish between the conflict between the actors and the conflict between their characters. Uh, so to give you a quick example of what I mean by that, two uh, actors might be engaged in a scene in which uh, one character, in which they're playing a couple, and one character has cheated. Uh, and the character A is, uh, is uh, you know, trying to find out why there's lipstick on their collar, why they're staying late at work, why they're distant. And the other character might be avoiding the, uh, you know, um, admitting that they've been having an affair or they may admit it and then blame the other person well you were so cold and inattentive and this person was there uh and so there we're having a conflict between the characters there's a definite conflict between the characters or let's say it's a another situation with roommates and one roommate's not paying the rent and so the roommate that is covering all the rent is trying to evict the other person. And the other person is saying, please let me stay because I'm broke and, you know, you're my friend. And again, there we have conflicts between the characters. Now, in, in both examples, let's go back to the first one with the couple. Even though that couple is having an, a, a, a fight, an argument, a conflict, the actors hopefully are engaging in this conflict because it's fun to do, Right. It's very fun to get up on stage and act out the infidelity game or act out the breakup game. They're very fun to do. And, and, and to me, the reason that they are fun is because it's not something, you know, when it's real, that's horrific. But when we pretend, it's very fun. And I like the analogy of going to the zoo and seeing a wild animal behind bars. In that situation, seeing a lion or a tiger is majestic. But take away the bars, and it's a very different experience, right? It's the same as going to see a zombie movie. Being chased by zombies in a movie is exciting and thrilling. In the real world, no thank you, right? Roller coasters present a ersatz version of reality, of thrills, death-defying thrills. But in reality, would we want something that takes us close to death? No. Generally, no. Not everybody. But um, So, conflict... One of the reasons it's difficult to talk about is, well, where's the conflict lie? And for today, I'm going to leave aside the conflict that happens between the actors, because that's a very different kind of thing, and falls more under umbrellas relating to agreement 
and fear than it does conflict in terms of storytelling and and character. So we're going. To, I'm going to talk today about the conflict that happens between characters. Now, whenever we engage in conflict, the, we make these choices. Hopefully, ideally, because that's the most fun. You know, it, it 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 always comes down to what choice do you want to do, and 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 conflict is, you know, what kind of conflict do you want to have? Sometimes it's fun to have the conflict of, you're cheating. I hate you. Uh, well, you know, you know why I cheated? Because I want to. And that's very fun. It's a very fun to play that game out. Uh, so there's, there's one, that's one kind of conflict that happens directly between the characters. And that's the one that we're most familiar with. And when I have newer students, that's the one that they will fall into. The kind of automatic naysaying of whatever the other person wants to do. Or you know, starting a scene and then very quickly finding like, well, you know what? Turns out I didn't want to do that thing after all. And in that kind of case, you you, you have to be careful that the conflict isn't just brought up in in a way to put the brakes on something. Uh, But anyway, that's, so I'm getting ahead of myself. So that's the first kind of conflict is between the characters, right? And that's the one we're most familiar with. You want to go to the mall. I don't want to go to the mall. I'd rather, you know, hang out here and just watch TV. So we have, the, the characters have diametric points, diametrically opposite points of view, you know, uh, or uh, even a more uh, specific conflict. Uh, to go back to the roommate example, roommate A wants B to leave because B is not paying the rent and B wants to stay. That is, they're absolutely, what they want is the exact opposite of each other. That's that's the one kind of that's the 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 sort of person against person conflict, which is one kind. But there's two other kinds of conflict that often are seen in scenes, and the second one is us versus some external thing. Um, so you know, us versus nature, like we're working together to climb a mountain, is a, is one, or we're working together to overcome. Uh, some other third character, person, or problem. But the thing is, we are on the same page working against that. And then the third kind of conflict is the internal conflict. You know, two bashful, shy characters who like each other and want to get together, but they're both impeded by their internal conflict of like, well, what's going to happen if I get turned down? Um, So those are the three main types. And... um, and, the, and so let's just take them in turn. Let's go to the first time, the first kind of conflict, which is person versus person. There can be very wonderful scenes. Uh, the thing about them is they can be very trappy in that if, if, if they do not escalate or if they do not change. So they're, it's very common in scenes, particularly with newer improvisers, where... All they will do is just fight over what they want to do until eventually one character capitulates and then your scene is over. And you've basically just on the argument game and nobody's had a good time and it's really boring and that's it. So those those are to be avoided. So if you are going to take conflict where it is A versus B, someone you're against someone, uh, you have to generally... there's you. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. So one of the first things is like, okay, to go back to our 
example of the roommates. I need you to leave. You're not paying the rent. And they're like, no, I'm, I'm going to stay. Okay. Uh, now, you can't ask again. I mean, you can, but you're going to get the same answer and we're not going anywhere. So one of the things we do is we escalate. Okay, if you are not going to leave, I'm calling the police or I'm going to threaten you or I'm going to, but I'm going to do something else. I've asked and that got me nowhere. So now I have to do something else, right? So you have to try another tactic. Uh, or because this is improvised, you can say, ask them to leave and they say, no, you're like, okay, you know what? I'll leave. I'll go. You stay here. Now remember, this is improvised. So, you know, there's no real apartment. So you can leave your apartment. It's not a big deal. Um, but you can say yes, right? You've asked them. They've said no. You can say yes to that no. And then we move on from there. Uh, another thing you can do is you can change tactics. So you've, you've I mean, that's sort of a, a similar to number one. But maybe you ask them to leave, they say no, and no, you start crying. <laughs> Damn it. And then that will cause something to happen. But that's an emotional reaction. That's a change. So these are ways to navigate conflict. This is a really hard thing to navigate because conflict, my general rule or rule suggestion with conflict is go big or go home, right? You know, it's, it's improvised. So if I ask you to pay the rent and you don't want to pay the rent, well, it's improvised. You have untold numbers of dollars that you could access, but you choose not to. And so that's a personal thing. So they're not paying the rent for personal reasons. So that will escalate it. But one thing I just want to introduce to you is the idea of, of pivoting. If you have a conflict with another character and they say no to pivot, uh, to take away the conflict and make the conflict not between us, but us versus the thing. So for example... To go back to the, the roommate situation, I need you to leave. You're not paying the rent. Character B says, well, I don't have any money. I can't pay the rent. Character A, instead of escalating or changing or finding another way, says, okay, all right. Well, how else can we figure out a way for you to live here? Can you do more chores? Can you do something else? And so this way, what happens, instead of the conflict becoming between the characters, the characters now take on the same point of view and then the conflict becomes how there's not enough money on, on behalf of one character. One of my favorite examples of this that I've been watching a lot of scenes like this and really enjoying them is the breakup scene. Uh, most breakup scenes, you know, there's, they're full of yelling and screaming and they're delightful. I love them. Uh, but recently, there's been a lot more scenes of uh, characters breaking up and uh, rather than yelling and screaming at each other, there's a moment of like, huh, did you ever think this would happen to us? You know, when we got married 10 years ago or 5 years ago or 40 years ago, didn't you think we'd make it? I know, right? And now I can't stand you. I hate you too. And so they bond over the fact that the end, the relationship is coming to the end. And so the conflict does not lie between the two of them. The conflict is them versus the end of their marriage and coming to terms with life not going the way they wanted. And in that way, we get much more working together. And so one of the things I try to do in my classes is get students to pivot, to make the conflict not between them, but them versus a thing so that we can work together. So we're much more likely to say yes and build together and come up with things uh, together, because we can discover a lot more together than we can invent by ourselves. 
So, you know, discovery is exhilarating uh, for a multitude of reasons. Invention often is just boring and uh, contrived and obvious and uh, not at all interesting, with few exceptions. There are people who can do it, but it's very, very tough. Um, but working together for discovery is much better. And then I'll just briefly touch on the third kind of conflict, which is the internal kind of conflict, which uh, often you may need to find if a scene is going too easy. Uh, you know, if there if there is, you know, no obvious uh, way to build up some tension. So the classic example is, you know, the desire to ask a character, ask another character on a date, but being full of the internal angst of, well, what's going to happen if I get turned down? Um, I'm nervous, I'm shy. And that kind of sweetness, that shyness is uh, so relatable. And uh, I mean, I've seen, I don't know how many scenes of two people who are two characters who obviously like each other, but they're both so bashful and shy. And as they come together, it is a delightful scene to watch. And in those scenes, there's no conflict between them. Uh, their only conflict that they're dealing with is their own internal struggles to get up the courage to ask the other person out. So in, in short, just to recap, uh, the big problem with conflict is that it doesn't escalate, it doesn't go anywhere. Two characters, when there's conflict between them, will take up opposite positions and just talk. And so nothing happens, there's no change in emotional stakes, there's no forwarding of scene. There's no action. There's no discovery. Nothing happens. And so they just talk a lot, but they're saying the same things over and over again. And as I'm sure I've said before in this podcast, when it comes to communication, the actual words we speak are the most meaningless part of it, right? It's all the stuff that's happening subtextually. And also, since nothing's happening, there's no play between the actors. And so they're not having a good time. And if the actors are not having a good time, nobody watching it is having a good time. But whether or not you're on stage, if you engage in play with people, which is what improv teaches you, is how to play with other adults so that you are likable and you find people that are similar to you. Uh, you know, if there's no play going on, then who would want to be around you? And why would you want to be around them? Right. You know, you always know how other people are feeling. Like if you're talking to someone at a party or whatever, and you're having a great time, they're having a great time. If you would want to be anywhere else, they do too. Anyway, that's a little bit on conflict. Uh, I'm probably bring this up again more because I also want to talk about the conflict that happens between the actors, which is a very different thing, uh, but has some similar, um, I guess, uh, similar things come out of it. Anyway, thanks very much. Uh, I hope you all have a great week. Thanks again for tuning in to the SoCap Improv Comedy Podcast. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week. Take care. Bye.